Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, hello. Brian. Oh, flat. Flat. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pull that salvage that one. Wow. Check us out on Twitter, at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on Instagram. We have one photo at BK Glue Guys. Great photo. Netsdaily.com. And iTunes, five stars, we want them, we need them, we have to have them, Brian, the Nets! Uh, are flat, they came in, I came in flat, the Nets came out flat, I mean, in not in the game or anything, but just in life. Kyrie Irving, only a couple months in already, destroying the whole fabric of the culture, <laughs> the society we've built, in no time at all. Um, it's yeah. It's a weird time, dude. It's a weird, odd, awkward time to be a Nets fan with, like, the weird peaks and valleys of news that have just been hitting them over the past two weeks you know like do we address them do we want to dig in is that a thing you want to do so yeah i think this pod we've kind of we have like a a backlog of news and hot takes that i have to deposit on top of everyone's ears Uh, (laughs) watch that everybody um but you know you gotta we're a happy fun positive pod and some some of these things aren't that happy and positive to talk about. But I don't gonna, th- I don't, th- I don't feel like we're just net happy positive. I feel sometimes we come in a little little icy, little cynical. I mean, that's just <laughs> maybe that's I don't know. Um, yeah, why don't you walk us through it? What happened? I mean, everyone knows Wilson Chandler's PEDs and Radiance Curry has legal problems. Yeah, so we'll just we'll go. I'm going to go sad, happy, sad. And for me, happy. That was going to be the the, were the four news nuggets. Sad, uh, happy, sad, happy. Is that what you're doing? Sad, happy, sad, happy. Mm. Why don't you do happy, sad, sad, happy, and it'll be a happiness sandwich. Okay, so if we want to start happy, we start with Karis Levert's extension. Man, already the steal of the century. Oh, my gosh. Um, did you it read, only happened a week ago. Did you That's what's the, crazy uh, about it. Zach Lowe article about the sort of... Um, the economy of the new fiscal models for basketball organizations going forward is might be the two superstar model, the two headed monster instead of the three. You, you know what I found interesting about that was that like that was the headline of the article and that was the first few paragraphs, but then quickly it just shifted to what are the Nets going to do and how they're going to get a third star. Like the right. conceit of the article was like maybe the two star system is the way to go and it was the way of the past for years and years and years. But it just shifted to only being about the Nets, which, of course, I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, if you didn't read the article... Which I didn't. I just saw the headline. Right. Yeah. So in the article, um, Zach Lowe goes from saying, you know, post-LeBron being in Miami, mm-hmm. the thought was you need three stars. And then it's shifted to, if you look across the NBA, you look at the Rockets with Westbrook and Harden the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron, Clippers, the Nets. There you have all these teams that have two defined stars and the three-star system is not really doesn't exist anymore. Um at least the way the NBA is right now. Um so it kind of goes through that and like how why maybe the two-star system is actually the way to go, particularly after what we saw with Toronto where they really are just a one-star system with like a a good Kyle Lowry a good Pascal Siakam, and then like like eight good, like pretty good players following behind them. Um, he and then Lowe points out that the Clippers and the Nets have the best depth of any of the two star teams. And then the rest of the article is about like how the Nets are going to get a third star and who that third star may be if they want to get them. 
Mm. He floats out two names immediately and then dismisses them immediately, Kevin Love and Blake Griffin. We'll talk about that in a sec, what we think about those people. And then he gets to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the 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 shiny carrot for all NBA teams at the moment. And in Zach Lowe's words, he says, I suspect the Nets would have a spirited debate about dealing, say, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Rodion's Karuks, which obviously, you know, that may date improperly or properly. We don't know. And two unprotected first-round picks for Bradley Beal. So you're a Wizards guy through and through. Through am, and through. Am I wrong to not have any interest in Bradley Beal, like, at any price, really? I mean, not at any I, price, but... Yeah, I think you are. You're straight up wrong. Okay. No, I mean, it's... Th- so here's the thing. Why Bradley Beal's so attractive is because he's 25 years old and he can shoot threes. And he could be a great... He's like the prime secondary ball handler for every team. He can play defense, unlike a lot of guys. Like He has some interest in it. He's not amazing because he has to carry so much of the scoring load. Bradley Beal is the perfect player if you're going to grab a third star to like pull in with Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's, he's a plug-and-play, 25-a-game scorer, 25 points per game scorer. And again, his three-point shooting just puts him onto any team, and he like fits perfectly. He, but he isn't a star right like he isn't when we talk about the three-star system that Miami built he isn't as good as Dwayne Wade LeBron or even Chris Bosh my, my you know? feeling about him though is and this is baseless I'll grant you that because I don't Basic. watch <laughs> I don't watch much Wizards basketball is that his ascendance has come as John Wall's sort of sort of kind of descended over the last couple of years um and has usage rate has gone up by virtue of that usage rate going down and is it just the optics of definitely good player great player maybe on a team with not many other options right and so it's kind of funny we're like so bill simmons is in a twitter war with devin booker uh bill simmons has been highly critical of devin booker for not being on the team usa by the way i was just watching usa japan uh great game i think it was like 95 to 30 uh, very exciting. So, like, Simmons is, is going right after Booker for not being a part of the Team USA. And then Jason Tatum hurts his ankle, and Bill Simmons says something like, oh, my God, Tatum's ankle. And Devin Booker tweets at him, prayers up. Like, mm-hmm. waited. He was waiting for a moment like this is basically the reason why Booker isn't playing. To get back to Bradley Beal, though, Bradley Beal's Devin Booker with good press, right? It's like... Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is on a bad team, has always been on a bad team, but puts up outstanding statistics. Bradley Beal doesn't even put up as good as statistics, but because he was with John Wall and the Wizards got to the playoffs and were frisky, Bradley Beal's like just like considered to be, you know, like a, a like a not a young star, but like a pretty solid piece that you want on your team. Mm-hmm. I would want him though with the Nets. Now that trade package, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um that's saying goodbye to Karis LeVert, who we all love. Brian, yeah, you're I mean, shaking your head. Yeah, I mean, so at the at any price uh, is more when I when I said that I meant more about like any price that the Nets can can put together, um, and any of those players. Like I don't I don't want to package up any any combination of Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Joe Harris for for Bradley Beal. I'm sorry, I just don't I don't want that. Okay, if they did it, so this isn't like this isn't um, Zach Lowe reporting. Though I conjecture, this is just speculation about do we want three really good players or two and then a nice little back catalog of talent. So 
but and, and I also understand that a person like Zach Lowe is probably having a lot of conversations with a lot of NBA executives. So within this is coming up within conversations probably with them. Not like that they've heard this happen, but this would be the theoretical package that he's probably been informed that would not get the deal done, but like that's what other GM or executives think Bradley Beal's worth. Okay. What would let's say this trade happened? Okay. In, and again, we're going to talk about Karis LeVert's contract extension. So everyone who's so furious right now, I promise we'll praise Karis LeVert. But your team, if with Bradley Beal and without those players, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Joe Harris is probably on the floor, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. It's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good starting lineup with Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. Maybe Musa expands his game. Nick Claxton, maybe he's Chris Bosch. Point yeah, maybe he seven is. five. <laughs> um, uh, Wilson Chandler, whenever he comes back from heck, what maybe his his maybe Nick Claxton's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You know, heck, who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows what Hall of Famer he could turn out to be? Uh, Jalen Hands yeah. is Isaiah James Thomas? Harden. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Heck. By the way, I don't want this to go unnoticed. Wilson Chandler's juice cleanse. I think that is the way that we should be talking about this. Uh, do you get it? Because you know, like PEDs are juice. Oh, and he's see. cleansing. You know, it's it's a really clever joke. That is it's really good. that is yeah. Thank you. That is good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I I uh, I don't. Obviously, this thing isn't going to happen because pr- I'm pretty sure once you sign someone to an extension, you can't trade them right away. Uh, I, I imagine, like, so when Spencer Dinwiddie signed his extension with the Nets, the Nets couldn't have traded him for, like, six months. So even in this discussion, the Wizards don't want to trade Bradley Beal. They've made it very clear we, they're going to offer him the max contract. They've offered him a max extension. He just hasn't taken it because he wants to make an all-NBA team. So when he does that, that extension will escalate by, like, 15%, 20%, something crazy like that. And the Nets can't trade Karis LeVert. So, this is all hypothetical and all super fun. Though it's a, I will it's a say, thought exercise, Mike, is what it is. Do you think the Nets are in pursuit of a third star in some way in the back of their head? Do you think in their head they're like, we do have the assets to get a third star in here? Um, my impression is no, just based on the very reasonable contracts they've been giving out to the guys that they want to retain. Um, that sort of prevent that from happening. Um, at least in the very short term, as you just as you just said. Um, but yeah, I mean, I my line of thinking on this is that they're probably going to just want to give reasonable extensions to guys that they have their bird rights to as as often as they possibly can, and and form a, a true dynasty. Michael Michael Smeltz, and it and it and as Low points out, the Nets have all their draft picks. Besides, I think the the Nets don't have the first round pick. Didn't they trade their twenty twenty first round pick to the Hawks in the Island Crab trade? But then they have they have a first round... and Golden States or something. I think yeah. Next so time. you know that th- those the Nets have like a pile of assets to make a deal, bud. They have players on reasonable contracts who are young, and they have draft picks. But and guess, that's I mean, more the, than the, most contenders. The conversations not just. I mean, there's a like the basketball geometry element of this that's that I think is more relevant to the point. It's not like, can you sure, maybe you can, but I think the argument there is that, you know, maxing out those three players and then putting together a roster of 
mercenaries and pirates from all you know from the the hinterlands of of the waiver wire <laughs> is maybe not the most tenable situation certainly not long term tenable but it's also maybe not short term the way you want to build a team um you know when you get deep into the playoffs and one or two of your guys starts getting banged up and you got to rely on jr smith to get you buckets um <laughs> mike is going to love that but that's my boy but the rest of us are going to want to put a bullet in their heads in, in a video game. Um, the Nets should sign J.R. Smith, Carmelo, and Amari Stoudemire. Bring them back. Bring them all back together. Get them, get them into Brooklyn. Yes. I will buy a J.R. Smith jersey immediately. I mean, we, we it's part of the good news. We're going to talk about Melo and your fascination with Melo at the end of this. Is that part of the good news or is that you the bad that news? that out, huh? I can't tell. I don't know which, that, which side of that that falls on. Um... I'm super pro mellow, and we'll get to that later. Yeah, good. Um, uh, but anyways, but the point remains that even if we can or are interested in getting a third player, there is a legit basketball geometry argument that you should not do that. Um, and I think, I mean, I'd be anxious to see like how what we're looking like, you know, in in uh, mid season here. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, you froze. Are you you with me? Yeah, you're with me. Yeah, I froze, but yeah. I'm, I'm back with you. Cool. Thanks. Um. Now, I mean, but that's what makes Bradley Beal intriguing. So, like, so he, so again, load list Kevin Love and Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin doesn't make sense on the Nets, though. He would be fun because he would show up at like Upright Citizens Brigade and like do some improv, which would be exciting. Or he'd probably go to the Comedy Cellar and do a stand-up set. Very exciting thing to do. You know what's pretty uh, cringy is is uh, improv comedy live. Have you ever have you ever gone and seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. I've taken in. I've enjoyed it, but I've also had a really bad experience I, my watching cringe, it. My cringe like tolerance has gotten so low. I'll just I just hide in my shirt when it's happening. Uh-huh. That's and I can't do that at a live improv show. I don't want to be there. It was yeah. it was like my my wife and I are behind on below deck, but it's like when <laughs> the chef the the girl who was the third stew became the chef. She goes. There's the one charter where she's going to get fired at the end. I know that because I've seen the previews for episodes that have already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that she goes up to the table and asks them what was wrong with their food. And they said it was cold. And then she said to them, I'm only one person down there. Yeah. And it's far away. And it's like, you know what, darling? That's wow. not that's not acceptable. Wow. Okay, this is, a, this is the Sirocco. Really? Okay. <laughs> this is this isn't some two bit little schooner out on the Hudson River. Uh-huh. This is the Sirocco parked outside that, Monaco. That risotto better come out scalding hot. Okay. That truffle risotto better be right. on fire. Hamburgers with tzatziki <laughs> sauce is a nice lunch if I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. But if I'm in the Bay of Monaco, yeah. and I'm looking at the the luxurious yachts around you're me, want, and they're you're all gonna eating want some lobster uni. caviar. <laughs> you want some uni smeared on that Lamburger, don't you? That's what you yeah, want. Just yeah, just don't serve me. And then she serves ravioli. Oh, where'd you get that? Trader Joe's? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Burn. Roasted. Burn. Uh, but Trader so, Joe's ravioli is good, so, so bring that yeah, back bring around. That um, what does that have to do with anything we were talking about, though? Karis Levert. Mm-hmm. Is no, uh, <laughs> so this extension. I mean, like, everyone's it's already been said how, like, what a great deal this is. Why did Karis Levert do it? Well, because he's been injured a bunch and he seems generally excited to be genuinely, genuinely uh, excited, genuinely, yeah, that's right? the word, <laughs> excited to be a net, yeah. like, excited to be a part of this team. He, he, he is friends with Durant, we understand they they had trained together in the past. 
we had, Kevin Durant, I think, said specifically to someone about how much he in, enjoyed playing with Karis Levert. This is before he was even on the Nets. Um, so if you're a young player like Karis Levert, who has had a really long history of injuries, leg injuries, and they give you a pretty dope contract, mm. it, it, it makes sense why he took it. You know, Because, it, again, it's being viewed as like this discount that he took. I, I mean, you know... It is interesting when you look at the players. You look so if you go in hoopsite, go to in salaries. Kerslevert's contract starts at sixteen point two million in twenty twenty. That's next season. Just look up um, who who he's around on the salary list, and it's of recent contracts: Eric Bledsoe, Ricky Rubio, and Boyan Bogdanovich. That's about right. Yeah, that feels right. Right, and you know, yeah, Kerslevert. If you put them all out there in the open market to be traded, and you and teams could decide who they want to trade for, Karis Levert would be number one yeah. in the I mean, rankings. That's 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 right of like today's value, but not you know if he begins if he to reach new heights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's interesting is that Aaron Gordon's. I know this has been talked about, but Aaron Gordon's contract, he's three years left, and it's at like sixteen point two in that final season. Mm-hmm. That is a tasty deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I it. It's an obvious win for the Nets. It's it's great that they locked him up because this the core of this team will be together at least for two seasons. Uh, I think Joe Harris though could be a free agent at the end of this year or something. Uh, it's it it's a big it's a big win for the Nets that they didn't have this nasty Karis Levert contract situation hanging over them. And again, Levert is Rock Nation, and we saw when LeBron was in Cleveland that he funneled money he got the Cavs to overpay J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson I'm sure it probably could have been done I was fearful that Rock Nation would have such sway over the Nets because of Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert and just you know sort of the familial relationships between the Nets the now fired Brett Yermark or left I don't know resigning whatever he did I was concerned that LeVert's contract was going to be max and that was going to be an Mm -hmm. overpay Mm -hmm. because of how much rock nations now in with the nets and it wasn't and and that's super welcome site it is it's quid pro quo over there that's nice that's good to see uh you want to go sadness factor bring the sadness let it wash over me all right two sadness factors um rodion's karuk's legal situation and wilson chandler's ped 25 game suspension quickly on wilson chandler let's party not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't care. I've, I mean, it's, so let me say this. Ethically, morally, definitely don't care. Definitely uh, don't care. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, as long as he's healthy. Right. That's all I don't care. Right. Yeah. And if it's true, as he says it is, like, sounds like a pretty lame situation. He's getting slapped with, like, half a million dollar fine for, like, basically what seems to be a a trainer or whatever his, his physician who's not in the know about the modern arms race of which PEDs are available or allowed or not, um, which sucks. Yeah, but I will say, I think, so Joe Wilson Chandler put out that statement where he was like, we, we didn't know, I took something that w- was recently changed in as uh, like a product you can't take in the NBA, a banned substance. And then Woj tweeted out that statement and then quickly tweeted out following out like, this product has been banned since 2015. I don't. I, I, I think 2015. That's recent enough. 
That's reason yeah. enough to call it recent. You should know. <laughs> you should know. How many things are on that list? I want. That's what I want to see. If there's like 500 different like chemicals right. on that list, right. you know, right? I would definitely fail. And all I do is I use Trader Joe's shampoo in my hair, and I'm sure there's a banned substance right. in there. Exactly. A hundred percent. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't care. A lot like, of, okay. lot of Trader like, Joe's drops in this episode so far. I'm I'm thinking you I'm maybe have cut sure a deal why. on the side. Um, and I. Yeah. And I'll, <laughs> I didn't tell you about it. Yeah, <laughs> get you out of you it. You cut me on my deal. just, just randomly. I'll talk. I'll just be like talking about. <laughs> could not even begin. Well, so I was like, the reason I've, I'm reminded of this is there was a guy on uh, the Joe Rogan show, a guy named David Pakman, who's pretty good, and he talks a lot about media and stuff. And he was like, "Did you know, Joe? Before I came on your show, I was approached by a company to just." casually insert in conversation <laughs> their product <laughs> into the not like a formal advertisement of any kind just like bring it up on the show um so that's the future of advertising and media guys watch out it's gonna get it's like i kind of like, love that idea yeah, it's pretty tricky like and i'm sure you'll be better at cutting the side deals than me because you're plugged into the business world not for long mike you're moving and shaking here yeah you'll hear that um so wilson chandler don't care i know like Okay, like it's you don't you don't want that as a franchise. Of course, they signed him for the purposes of actually using him, but it, he shouldn't matter all that much to the Nets. It's the first twenty five games of the season, not the last twenty five. It's not like he's he was an integral part of the team, and then they, he's get taken away. He's just not part of the team to begin with, and then hopefully he'll be reinserted into the lineup and build up and play minutes. And then by January, we won't even be thinking about it. You know what's interesting is the vibe around PEDs is still like when I when I looked at the Nets Daily comment section, the there was probably like you know a tidy thirty five percent of the posters being like, "Cut him, guys!" What I knew it, I knew it. The guy <laughs> is a loser. <laughs> like, get know. him out of here. Uh, which is a pretty harsh uh, take on on. Uh, on what is a, a reality of professional sports and has been like since time immemorial. So, <clears throat> dude, this will have no impact on the culture. So, like, everyone's concerned about Nets culture being co opted by Kyrie, or we've had these like couple of bad headlines, you know, serious incidents with Karuks or alleged incidents, and you know, the, the PED suspension with Wilson Chandler. But it's like Wilson Chandler. Has, he has zero impact negatively on the culture of the Nets because he was caught using, allegedly caught using PEDs. You know, it was like, just doesn't, not even allegedly, he was caught. It's It was there. But, like, no impact. Um, and actually, it would probably impact the culture more if the Nets just cut him because it would just show that, like, they don't have the players back. Yeah. And that's the thing that I love about Joseph Sy and Sean Marks is that they both were fined for like being too aggressively having the players back in the playoffs. Um, and really, it's I just that. it's just gift wrapping us some David Nwaba to start the season. You know, that's <laughs> and that's what I'm excited about. See, I thought you were going to say gift wraps some nobody believes in us nets because we have all this negativity oh, surrounding no. the team. I don't think anybody actually cares about any of this stuff. I mean, right. the Kirk thing, different story, but um, we'll see. Yeah. What, you, should we just go right into that darkness? Let's do a light Karuk's thing. Obviously, you know, serious allegations. We don't have any information. Mike we is a inform- serious reporter, so he's not just going to go off the cuff about any of this stuff, okay? Yeah, so <laughs> I know I usually make f- jokes on our Twitter feed, and I act like I'm doing things that I'm not doing, but I am a real reporter uh, for WCBS 880, and I actually do talk to the NYPD, 
So I did talk to the NYPD about this. Just got the same information that anyone else could have if they had contact with the NYPD. And, uh, you know, the basics, what we know is that he's being charged for allegedly choking his girlfriend. And it's it's a bad allegation when you read into it, read into the Daily News, the New York Post, what is alleged to have happened or police sources say, law enforcement sources say. Not a great situation, but what the, I think it's just like for our focus, what may happen right on the basketball court, depending on the outcome of the legal case. His lawyer, Karuk's lawyer, is saying they are they will not plead guilty. They're not going to plead guilty to anything. The reason why they're not doing that is because if you look in the past of the NBA's domestic violence policy, of course, Karuk's denies the charges. Um you see, the only time the NBA suspends is when the player admits to some kind of... They either plead guilty or admits to some kind of culpability in what happened. There's only been a few cases of domestic violence in the NBA. The NBA doesn't really deal with this issue, not like the NFL does. Um, and in each case, Darren Collison was suspended eight games because he pled guilty in domestic violence incident. Willie Reed, our old buddy, mm. Mr. Nett, he was not found guilty, but um, his wife had asked for the charges not to be pressed against him. Reed did participate in a pretrial program that was like counseling and stuff like that. So the NBA kind of used that to suspend him six games. So you're going to see six to eight games if something happens. Um, Jeff Taylor is like an outlier. He was the first player in the NBA who was charged with uh, domestic violence after Ray Rice happened. And the league suspended him for 24 games. So that was like a sort of an immediate thing. The, the long and short of it is, Brian, because this is not fun, is Karuks has a trial set for two days before the season opener. He uh, will be with this team before then. Training camp, media day, all that stuff. He That, that trial date... M- is not indicative of an outcome of this trial, as in that's not the final thing that could happen. There could be more that will happen. There could be things that happen before then, but that's his next trial date. Crooks is going to play basketball starting with this team, most likely. like that Because the NBA's history is that they let the legal process play out, and then they make their decision after whether there's a guilty, a conviction, not guilty, whatever. Um, so... It's going to be a weird thing because the Nets, they want the entire focus. They've yet to have a Kyrie Kevin Durant press conference. They want the entire focus of media day, if that's when they intend to have the KD Kyrie unveiling, to be on those two stars that they signed, the high watermark for this franchise since moving to Brooklyn. And this Karuk's thing, will it'll be a, it's just going to be there. It's going to be a lingering thing to begin the season um, unless, you know, uh, like he pleads guilty or charges are dropped or something like that. We don't know. So there you go. That's that's that conversation. Nice. How much fun is that? That was great. Um, you want to end happily? Of course, always. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of talk about uh, uh, either a lack of availability for Wilson Chandler and a potential lack of availability for Rodance Karuks, and someone who is available is Carmelo Anthony, who plays a similar position as them. Uh, Frank Isola from The Athletic had written, I think it was last week, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are lightly lobbying 
the Sean Marks and the Nets to sign Carmelo Anthony. Um, I'm all in, baby. <laughs> I am I just why i really want like, to know what the elevator pitch of like from Kyrie irving and kevin durant to sean marks looks like on this it's like sean i got a name you're <laughs> familiar with this name <laughs> i think you know who i'm gonna say you don't want this guy there's a bad there's a lot of bad press about him but here's the thing <laughs> like what's he'd be like and then what happened and then dot 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 what's what's the next part of that pitch carmelo anthony <laughs> carmelo, <laughs> it's just i want carmelo anthony because i want to play with my friends it would be like if, like, when Two and a Half Men brought in Ashton Kutcher mm. to take over for Charlie Sheen. It's like we're pulling him off the street, right? Distress asset, at, you know. Previously was a star at what he did, like Carmelo was Ashton Kutcher, distressed asset. Let's pull him back into a a well oiled machine that the Nets are, which Two and a Half Men was. See, um, see, that's a perfect analogy because. Um, you think Ashton Kutcher was the star of that 70s show when clearly Topher Grace was, a.k.a. Jeremy Lin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, do, you know about, do you know about Topher Grace's, like, now, like, side hustle? Like, his, uh, sort of, like, why he's, like, people like him now? Because people forever, <laughs> people forever have hated him. His side like, he hustle was... that makes people like him. Uh, no, I don't know what that could possibly be. He's become famous for re-editing movies, um, like Star Wars movies. Like he does, like a re-edit of Star Wars movies and like other sort of uh, nerd culture movies. He's like become this sort of that's so strange, like a artistic nerd. Where is he from? Is he like a Mormon or something? What kind of name is Topher Grace? You know what Topher's short for, right? No, Christopher. Is that right? That's yeah. such a okay. So he's like a waspy something, right? Like that's such a that's like I mean, calling his name a, is Christopher Grace. That's like calling someone named someone Trey or something if they have the you know Michael Smeltz the third. He's from New York City, New York. Busted. Uh, Busted. Actually, he's part Jewish, part English, and part Irish. There we go. Um, yeah, and he grew up in Darien, Connecticut. Topher Grace. Darian, well, so he grew up in Darien, Connecticut. So that is, that is, you know, upper crust. I got to tell you though, like credit to him to go through adolescence repping Topher, it's short for Christopher, and having to explain that over and over again to everybody, and still just sticking, sticking it, sticking I mean, in there you could with, go with, with Topher. You could go with Ian, right? You, you could actually do this, and wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, this is the so. When Ian Eagle was on the show, he was like Brian Egan's sort of like a normal version of Ian Eagle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a good bit. Um, so yeah. Anyways, okay, okay. Like, I know everyone's mad about the thought of Carmelo being a net, and like they don't people don't like the implication that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant could have some kind of sway in personnel decisions. Well, you know what? Those two guys are the reason why DeAndre Jordan got $40 million over four years. Um, so I think if there's a minimum contract that they can also influence, I don't, I don't even think it's a bad basketball decision. I, I understand that it didn't work out in Houston when, like, it should have worked out in Houston. What's the point of being a fan of a basketball team, Brian? Did, did you not see Chauncey Billups berate Carmelo Anthony on his on his podcast or whatever that was a couple months ago. I mean, it wasn't no, no. Tell me. Well, I mean, it's not. I'm 
I'm overselling this. Let me just be yeah, honest. Like, that is, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do it to his face. But anyways, there was like a, well, a hotly passed around clip of Chauncey Billups basically saying something to the effect of, you know, the reason Carmelo can't get a job in the NBA today is because, and he played with him on Denver and again in New York when they were, you know, on, on two separate t- teams. So played together a long time. He was like, everywhere he went, Carmelo always was like moody about scoring less than 30 points and stoked about scoring more than 30 points. And if that was a fat L and he scored over 30, he was still just as happy. And if that was a big W and he scored like 20 or less, he was pissed. And that's, and that's, and that's, you don't see a lot of NBA players going like sort of mask off with that kind of thing. Um, Especially Chauncey Billups, who who's like pretty, right. pretty like plays it very plugged close to the best. in, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and that's so if he um, can, you ruined my day. <laughs> did I? Is that, you should go watch that Thanks, clip. Right. Um, I mean, I mean that fits the. I mean, that's the Mitt Romney forty-seven percent thing. That's exactly what you would expect to think about. That's that's the media's representation of Carmelo Anthony that you want to not believe, but having Chauncey Billups back it up is like. That's that's the secret camera in the room of Mitt Romney saying forty seven percent, right? Yeah, great, great two two election <laughs> cycles ago poll like right that. there. I, uh, I feel like all of my references are stuck in twenty twelve somehow. That's it's like Mad Men yeah. and Mitt Romney. Yeah. That's mine's only about Trader Joe's because they're paying me uh, under <laughs> and over the table. They're paying me on, on both ends of the mm. table. Um, Got that double table deal, nice. So. Just count me all in for Carmelo. Still, I think. Wow. I mean, if he can, if he goes on and starts like doing the uh, apology tour of like I was a bad, guy. the Dwight Howard apology tour. That's how he ke- continues I to get care. jobs. Carmelo has not yet done that. He needs to start. He needs to break out no. that soapbox. No, he's doing something different. He does the the three second Instagram video of him like shooting over a player, yeah. and then we we are led to like he's doing the Yijan Leon. Uh, De- method of muscle marketing. devil, the muscle devil. That's my favorite. My favorite nickname of any player ever is Muscle Devil for E. G. On Leon. That's was that his nickname? <laughs> yeah, in China, what? Muscle Devil. Yeah. Is that a translated nickname, or is it like was that? Oh, certainly, just... yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's, right? that's what it comes out to. Um, that's amazing. And actually, the next you look at E. G. On Leon, where he's at right yeah. now. How old is he? Uh, he's probably only like 24 or yeah, something. I gotta, my right. keyboard's too loud and everyone gets upset when I Google stuff while, while we're on the show. So, um, Jeremy Lin in China, you know, at, uh, netting. Oh, wait, so that's talk it? To... That's all Mello? I mean, here's the thing. You don't want Mello on this team really, right? Yes. They would, it would provide Joe a Joe nice... Johnson or Carmelo Anthony? Who? Joe, Joe Johnson. Oh, Carmelo Anthony for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. I mean, Joe Johnson, actually, an NBA team should sign him just for the last two minutes of a game only. Yeah. That's it. Like, they need to invent a closer role in the NBA, and the guy to do it is Joe Johnson because there are eight teams in the NBA who think their playoff teams are and are probably not, but if they pay Joe Johnson $5 million a year, he would win them four games just because he'd been at the end of the game and score buckets. I think he could have a long decades long career still in the big three that that is a version of basketball tailor-made for joe, <laughs> joe johnson's it? game uh he should not leave there he'll he'll it, put it's that just up. enough movement yeah he will it's put like, that league on the map 
what's the new it's not a new game but like it's like pickleball or what's the it's uh it's on a tennis court but it's like a much smaller version of tennis not ping pong like, obviously but i think i know what you're talking about i had no idea it was called pickleball is that what it's called it's like pickleball or pe- people there's three people who listen to us who are screaming at us right now yeah. it's paddleball or whatever it is but it's i i see it sweeping over the nation because it's like tennis but you don't have to move um and i uh, think yeah that's for me um joe johnson is basically at that level yeah the, he should he should be like his next career after all this is like a darts player or something. Just totally like <laughs> that's that's I think where popped yeah. up. Yeah, if you like that the when you watch darts on TV, it's all the, like the British broadcast, yeah. you know, because that's like it's big over there. And if he just like popped up, yeah, he'd be so serious. He wouldn't be a guy who plays to the crowd. He would just be a guy focused on the board. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that absolutely. Do you want Joe Johnson? No, I don't want either of those two people. <laughs> you and David Nawaba. <laughs> we already have. We, we we get that covered. We're, we're fine. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Brian, we've, got, we've, we've got cantankerous bench scoring. We don't need that kind of stuff. Cantankerous Caldwell Pope. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you all for listening. Oh, this is a 37-minute. Okay. Um, it's uh, September. Let me look at my phone. It's September, and we've that means games coming up. we have, like, we have media day. We have training camp. We have... Preseason basketball, though I think that's still in October. Um, no, basketball is going to be happening. There's preseason in September, isn't there? Uh, maybe. Uh, so <laughs> basketball is like quietly around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's like right there. It's like you can peek at it. It is there. If you had one of those mirrors, you know, those like big mirrors they put up underneath scaffolding, so you can see around the corner. You could see basketball in one of those big mirrors. So. Uh, we'll be time. ramping up our content. You can tell, like, there's an arc to my YouTube viewing thing. Like, right around this time, you get some very strange, deep cut YouTube videos of, like, you know, I don't know, I don't know who I'm watching. Mostly Jason Williams, you know, White Chocolate Clips. That seems to always come up in the Facebook feed. That <laughs> that top ten Jason Williams White Chocolate thing, the stupid elbow pass. Um, Does that not happen to you? Am I the only person that gets you? No, well, you have a special. I mean. You're the preeminent YouTube deep diver in basketball That's that I've true. ever known. That's true. Um, like you promoted, what was the one video that you found? I think it was about Durant's injury. That was like there was like three people who saw it. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah, you you were one of the three. That was like thousands, but not that many. Thousands. No, it was like four hundred. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty deep into that. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back at your ears as soon as possible. Brian, good night. Wow. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And thanks for having me, Mike. um, Five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Yeah, boy.